Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. This episode is sponsored by the Integrity Income Fund, which is managed by yours truly and my team at Labrador Lending. The Integrity Income Fund is for accredited investors. It aims to pay an 8% preferred return and an 8.5% preferred return for early investors. It aims to pay out monthly distributions. There's a $25,000 minimum and only a one-year lockup. If you are an accredited investor and you're looking to get away from Wall Street, uh, looking to beat inflation, and looking for an asset class that is backed by hard physical real estate, then look no further than the Integrity Income Fund. Check it out at labradorlending.com. What's up, everyone? This is Jamie Bateman with the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I just chatted with Bry Shields of Hub International. Bry has been in the insurance industry for maybe 15 plus years. And he, about five or six years ago, decided to branch out on his own and create his own insurance company. We, we talked through a lot of the struggles that he's been through with regard to that. But he was also able to make it to abundance and he sold his company uh, for a lot of money. We can't get into specifics since he is under non-disclosure agreements, but suffice it to, suffice it to say that Bry um, experienced a lot of highs and lows with regard to income and work level um, and uh, kind of a lot of the uh, struggles that frankly get glossed over with regard to entrepreneurship. Um, and so he keeps it real and, and, um, you know, talks about how you really need to get to know yourself and understand who you are before you just jump into something. You need to understand your strengths and weaknesses so you can lean into those strengths and still, um, accommodate for potentially outsource for your weaknesses. Um, and so, this is a really, it's a quick hitter episode and very practical. Um, and it goes out to the, uh, the entrepreneurs out there or those people who think they want to start their own business. It's full of uh, several key takeaways. Thanks everyone. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable 
and former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman, and I am super excited today to have with us a special guest, Bry Shields of Hub International uh, Insurance. Bry, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Jamie? Doing great. Um, yeah, I have a couple of... Uh, couple of podcasts today to to do and I'm pretty excited I, I love doing this show and um really diving into stories of partic- particularly entrepreneurs who have had um you know maybe not that straight line to success uh that you and I we, we were just talking about this before we hit record a little bit so very excited to dive into your your story and and to get to know you better um so for our audience out there I know we're a little bit limited on time, so let's get right to it. Who are you and uh, why should we listen to you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if you should or not. Uh, The jury's still out on that. We'll we'll, uh, let let the audience decide on that. Um, But the uh, yeah, as you said, I'm a sales producer with Hub International. We're the fifth largest insurance brokerage in the world. And I started an insurance agency and sold to them. So... uh, Today, I'm in an earn out working for them, uh, taking care of all the same clients. Um, I live in Mobile, Alabama. Um, my wife is a physician here, and we have uh, three wonderful children, two girls and a boy. And so nice. that's that's what I spend the majority of my time doing other than working. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So I know you and I are in a, in a mastermind together i uh, joined a few months ago which has been awesome so we you and i met uh in scottsdale um a couple of months back so uh, that's been that's been a very good um experience for me so um looking forward to getting to know you better over the coming months and years but um so with regard to the uh, you you referred to your company that you built and then sold to your current employer hopefully i got the facts right there right you did um and so let's dive into that i mean what did that look like why insurance you know um how did how did you uh how did you get to uh starting your your company yeah so well in uh i sold insurance my whole life and uh my whole adult life after college and worked for a local agency here in town uh selling property and casualty primarily commercial lines and in 2017, I decided that I wanted to have that entrepreneurial itch and I wanted to launch my own agency and build that up. And so I had big dreams about what that would become. Did not dream that I would be selling it five years later, um, mm-hmm. but that turned out to be a, a blessing. You know, getting to that point was um, culminated from working in the industry. So I had clients, mm-hmm. I had some history there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you, you, got into insurance right out of college and then so how long did you do that for before you decided to start your own yeah so in 2017 so from 2007 so about nine i sold life insurance for a year or two so if you count that it's about 10 it was about 10 years got it and just kind of you know since the audience is 
a lot of our audience is, is made up of entrepreneurs and investors and business people. What made you want to do that? Go out on your own? Oh, yeah. Well, gosh, I've had, uh, of course, in the, that mastermind you and I are part of, I've taken those personality tests. And mm-hmm. so I now know why. <laughs> it's because of my <laughs> right. personality profile is suited for entrepreneurship and or sales. You know, uh, what that kind of looked like for me was that um, I just wanted to be able to expand what I was doing and how I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just selling the insurance inside the context of someone else's agency mm-hmm. wasn't fully satisfying my desires for uh, what I wanted to do in my life, basically, mm-hmm. how, how to fulfill my, my purpose in the highest and best way. And so I, I didn't know if it was a good decision, but I figured I'll take a leap of faith and take a chance. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I have a risk taking personality. I, I, so mm-hmm. I think that people need to, um, I don't think it's something that, uh, you know, some of these gurus out there make everyone feel like they need to go be an entrepreneur, but I think everybody mm-hmm. needs to do what they, uh, what God has made them best mm-hmm. at doing. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's what's important. Uh, yeah. So when you did, uh, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, I think um, it doesn't sell well, but it, the true answer is is it's not a one-size-fits-all, you know, right. uh, solution. So it really depends. I end up saying it depends so much throughout my day now um, with mortgage note investing and different different things we do. It, it depends always seems to be the answer. But nobody wants to hear that um, <laughs> because they want a quick you know, quick hit, quick solution. But when you when you did branch out on your own, did you, I imagine it was somewhat of a clean break. In other words, you weren't working kind of your W-2 sales job or 1099 sales job and then simultaneously, you know, build your business. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I right, guess what right. I'm getting at is some people recommend, hey, you should have a side hustle. Other people recommend rip off the Band-Aid and just jump in. Do you have any, any thoughts there? That's a great question. So I had a side hustle at first. And that's when I was kind of like, it's like, that was that itch of wanting to go start and build something myself mm-hmm. that rather than just stepping in someone else's shoes was kind of how I thought of it. That may not be the right perspective for everyone, but, uh, but so I started a sunglasses brand with my brother-in-law and his brother and realized that trying to do that while working another job was not easy to do. We didn't have the capital or experience. And so that ended up, just not really going where we needed it to. So we sold, uh, we sold out of that. We found some guys to come basically buy us out and take it over. Uh, and it's still going to this day. But um, that was my experience with the side hustle. Once I decided mm-hmm. to go out on my own with insurance, it was kind of an all or nothing deal where I had to be like, okay, here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. And then I got it. I wanted to go ahead and have everything set up just in case. Like I was in a fortunate situation where the company I worked for was a local firm and I knew the primary principal very, very well. He knew me since I was a baby. He and my dad grew up together. So it was kind of a close relationship that made it a lot easier for me, but also, but I had just gotten to know how he thought and so well that I kind of figured that he would, I didn't know it. I just figured I was taking a risk. I figured that he would probably not make it super hard on me. And that he would uh, maybe even be willing to sell me, we, we, you know, in my business, the accounts mm-hmm. are the value of a business. Mm-hmm. And so you um, 
there's value to those. And I have, as a sales producer, you have to sign non-solicitation agreements so that if you leave, you can't go just call those clients and take them without serious legal recourse. So I had to go to him and say, here's what I'm doing. Can I buy mm-hmm. my account? Your, your you? book of business, right? Is that- the book of business. Okay. That's what we call it. That's right. And so he, uh, it literally ended up how I predicted in my mind that it would go. Mm. I ended up getting the opportunity to purchase almost half of my book. Mm. Um, and I was hoping it was going to end up being more, but it didn't. And that's fine. And it, it ended up being as fair as it could have been. Um, and so I, but when I did go to him, I did at least have a few things set up already. Um, you know, so one kind of challenge that came up was, I was not fully upfront with them about how much planning I had already done <laughs> because okay. there was so much of that trust there yeah. in that relationship. I think that they thought I was coming to them before I did anything. Right, right. What they didn't realize is I had to protect myself in case it didn't go sure. well. Yeah. So I wanted to have as many balls in the air already as possible. Yeah, you want to have options. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so they were kind of thrown off when I then like made like a public announcement of what I was doing. And then they like cut me off oh, wow. and cut off my access to the computer and changed my key and all this stuff. And it was like, it, you know, he called me and he was like, Hey, don't take it personally, but I'm doing this because of what you just did. And I was like, it's fine. So that was, uh, I wouldn't say that was any kind of, I mean, that that's part of the adversity, sure. I guess, like having things happen that you don't expect. Yeah. And so just uncomfortable. Right. Uh-huh. I've, and I've, I can relate on some level as far as starting, uh, in particular, one one business that, you know, there's a lot of planning and a lot of work that has to go into it. And so you may not be ready for, for various reasons to put that out to the world. Um, and right. so, yeah, there's sometimes a, a bit of a, you know, conflicting interests, if you will. Yeah. And it- Look, there was nothing I, they did. I would do the exact same thing if I were in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it probably would have been harder on it yeah. from the beginning. But they, um, uh, yeah, so so that was just kind of an interesting experience. Sure. It was a learning lesson for me. Like, okay, um, go ahead and be, uh, you know, I could, I, I probably should have gone ahead and just told them up front. Right. Yeah. where I was with it. Yeah. You know? So, but then, um, cause, so now, now all of a sudden you're cut off and it's like, okay. It's go time, right? I mean, what what's going well, through your it, head? Well, it ended up it ended up working out fine because then it was like, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and get on this thing and let's go through these accounts. And they did agree um, to sell me some my accounts, mm-hmm. and they didn't have to. Yeah, a lot of companies out there would have said, "Nah, good luck, mm-hmm. have fun." Yeah, and uh, you know, you can uh, it, because I wouldn't have been able to go write those accounts without taking the pretty big legal risk. Sure. Um, Right. So then I would have been, uh, I would have been in in some hot water then. Mm. So I was able to get a loan to buy a portion of my book of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, starting out then, then where I quickly found myself was, okay, I don't have enough cash flow since I'm not getting my whole book, and I have this huge loan. I don't have enough cash flow to hire an account manager. I also don't know one to go hire right now. And in my business, we have a lot of service that's required uh-huh. for these commercial accounts. They need certificates. The uh, problems come up on policies that we have to address. Renewals can be challenging at times. Yeah. So, so there's ongoing work. It's not just an upfront transaction. And That's right. Okay. 
it's not like life insurance where you sell a policy and then you don't have to talk to the person. This is like <laughs> right. an ongoing relationship, especially with these commercial accounts. And so the, um, you know, but I just said, okay, I'll go do it. So, you know, uh, my, my old boss, he, he thought that I might end up having some service issues. And um, mm. I can now see why he thought that because I probably should have had more service issues than I did. But I, uh, I overcame that by... Um, I worked a lot, mm. a lot of hours. So and, at this uh, point, I, sorry, you're the only employee at this point, right? Yeah. So starting out, it was just me. Yeah. So I, um, yeah. Yeah. So you worked a lot. I mean, that's, and, and that's, I'm glad we can dive into this a little bit because, you know, again, entrepreneurship is such a sexy term and it's exciting and, and everything. But, um, I, I don't know how you get around the, the you know, I, I think most people who who start a business, um, even even though you've already referred to some advantages you may have had um with connection and then being able to buy part of your your book, uh, it still takes a lot of work. And you can't just go hire someone for fifty, seventy five thousand dollars a year if you don't have those funds available or that cash flow, like you said. So right. what do you do? You you buckle down and you, you work hard, right? Um so just kind of maybe give us a, a snapshot of the first year or two of the business, you know, as far as like how many hours did you work? What, what did that look like? Yeah. I don't know how many hours I worked. That might be a better question for my wife. I mean, <laughs> she I worked a lot <laughs> because even when I wasn't at work, I was at work. Yeah. You know? It was like, I was, uh, I, I, I pretty much just worked and slept Gotcha. and occasionally would go do something fun just because I had to go relieve myself. Uh, yeah. the pressure at some point, you know, I'd go do something enjoyable, tried to keep exercising a little bit and things like that. But yeah, it was uh, the first six to 12 months to say it was a grind would be an understatement. Gotcha. Uh, I, I probably needed a bottle of Tums with me at all times. <laughs> I was, I was under quite a bit of stress and because I wanted, I had to go place all, all these policies with my own carriers. Cause another kind of nuance to my business is that, you have to uh, get contracts with every insurance company. You can't just go hang a shingle and say, I'm ready to write insurance. Mm. Like you have to get actual contracts in place with every insurance company you want to write with. And then they have to want the accounts you brought to them. And if you purchase the accounts and they don't want it, <laughs> you just you're paid, for, paid for something that so, has no value. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and then another thing I had, so, so that was just a lot of work to get done. Sure. Um, Fortunately, now another risk I was taking was that I tried to call every account beforehand to find out if they want to come with me or not, mm -hmm. and to get their commitment before I went purchase mm -hmm. their account. Right. But you know what ends up another kind of learning lesson there, and is what you, you picture it going this certain way, and it's like, well, what really ends up happening though is that people are people, and so you don't really know if they're telling you what you want to hear or if they're telling you what they really think. Right. And you're kind of asking them, you're putting them on the spot and asking them right away to make a decision. So, sure. and, and they may not, uh, they may be telling the truth and they may not really know themselves, you know, what's going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> and so we would have, and they like, they also kind of feel like some, to some degree it's awkward for them because they're like, why are you putting me in the middle of this? Sure. Like, yeah. You know, if it's like a, I don't want to get in the middle of like an argument between y'all. Right. So, right. 
and then and then they think, well, if I do stay behind, I don't want to piss them off. Like I, you know, so yeah. that's what these are the things that go through their head when you call them and ask them this. And so they had I would have people, most people would just say what they wanted. And like obviously the people I was calling were the people I had the best relationships with. So sure. they would say the overwhelming majority would say, Yeah, I'll go with you. And again, part of that could be that if you just call them and ask them that, they're gonna say yes, right? Like sure. who knows? But um, a, a lot of them that I, the ones I had really good relationships with, obviously we're going to come with me no matter what, yeah. or, or we're going to want to, but the, um, you know, it was, there was some confusion because like my old employer would then call some of them and we both knew we were doing this. We'd be like, okay, we're going to call this person too. And I'm going to call this person. Well, they'd call and they'd ask and they'd say, no, nah, that's fine. I'll just stay with you. And then I'd call and they'd say, <laughs> Now I'm going with you. And then we'd have to go back and be like, wait a minute, you have to decide. Like we're giving you, my employer's nice enough to let me right. do this. But you have to be honest. Like you're not going to hurt my feelings. And then like the one or two people that that happened to were like, oh, and no, I'll just go with you, bro. And so it was, it was very awkward. Yeah. So give us like when you, you don't have to give us numbers as far as like your income and things like that, but what are we talking about from a percentage standpoint, as far as like the first maybe year or two when you went out on your own compared to what how you were doing before w what did that look like i mean I, you know you mentioned stress sure. and work w what was your income like at that point from a business standpoint yeah i'll, I'll try to keep that kind of high level sure. mainly because i um, having sold a business to group i work for i have to be cognizant of the fact yeah. that i'm under india and sure. all that they probably don't want to sure. publish but uh you know on a high level uh, i can tell you that uh when I launched the agency, um, initially, my income went down by 4x. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cut. what I'm trying to get to is like how, the impact on the family. Yeah, yeah it was cut by 25%. And the reason is because um, well, I already cut the book of business by half. Yeah. And then I thought that I was going to be able to have less expenses than this big company I work for, right? Sure. Big agency. And they, uh, as it turns out, no, my expenses were higher, hmm. mainly because of my debt, right? And I had this huge nice. debt service. Sure, sure. And so if you if you looked on paper now, I had an income that was only maybe 20%, 30% below. So I did manage my expenses okay because it, my net income on paper that I had to pay taxes on, by the way, mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. a lot higher because I was paying principal mm -hmm. and interest, right? And so with gap accounting, when you pay a loan back, the principal is is just a payback of a loan. It's not deductible against your income. So, you know, if you make a third of, if you cash flow a third of, of your net income, guess what happens? The IRS takes all your cash. <laughs> right. so you're, left, you're left holding the bag so, so that can give you a pretty good picture of where i was yeah. in the first year yeah uh, absolutely so that, i mean but i you know then that's very i don't know if you were the single earner for your family but thankfully you know, i wasn't yeah gotcha but either way it's a lot of pressure that's a lot of moving parts it's a lot of work um so and just because we are i know short on time today walk us through from kind of the through the end of of yeah, you know, yeah. Let's get to kind of the the better yeah. part. All right. So uh, I'm just seeing how much time passes when you start talking <laughs> about stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, 
fast forward, I did somehow manage by the grace of God alone to grow that agency uh, Mm -hmm. significantly from where I had to start with my purchase. And I got to a point where I said, okay, and the only reason I was able to do this in the first place is because my wife worked. And so Mm. I was able to then say, okay, uh, but of course she was growing impatient with me because I had (laughs) given her these grand projections of my income and they weren't panning out. Um, Meanwhile, you know, all my, you know, I end up getting into a niche within real estate, uh, buying a lot of multifamily apartments, and that really helped me grow quite a bit. And uh, all my clients were very happy with us. So all of that was going great on like a business perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, but this debt was just kind of crushing my cash flow. And so I just the, the lesson I learned from all this is mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to spend enough time planning and projecting and be well capitalized. Mm-hmm. Or have a plan for getting more capitalized as you need, because mm-hmm. I, I did end up getting to a point where I was able to hire an account manager. Uh, she still works for me today here at Huff and manages okay. my accounts, and she's fantastic. And so, nice. um, you know, it took me a couple of years to get to that point. Uh, but now I'm paying this big salary to this large, mm-hmm. you know, highly valued account manager. And right. so I could keep keep going and stay on this path and it would be, I would have kept growing it and it would have turned out to where I would have had a lot more income and cash flow than I ever had before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would have taken a couple more years. And then uh, at the same time though, what was happening, I didn't plan this, but I had people, if you go launch a business in the industry where you already have experience mm-hmm. and you have a, some business already on the books, what happens is people immediately start calling you trying to buy you <laughs> like mm-hmm. right away. So I had been like fending off people who wanted to talk to me. And yeah. really most people, all they wanted to do was buy my book of business, make me whole and have me come be a producer for them. And I'm like, no, that's just puts me right back where just, I was exactly, before. I'm, exactly. not, I'm not going backwards is how I saw right, that. Right, right, so, sure. Um, but then I started getting to a point where I was like, man, it would be nice to be just a producer and have that income again and have <laughs> somebody else deal with the accounting and all the BS. But I, uh, so I started to get interested in it, especially because I had my second child. And so, um, but then I found out that there were companies out there who really valued my business and didn't want to just get it for the cheapest price and hire me as a producer. If they could afford, mm-hmm. they had a business model around acquisitions mm-hmm. and they could pay you a multiple as if you're a large agency, even though I wasn't, mm-hmm. knowing that they're bringing you into their fold, they got the talent, but they also know that they get that recurring revenue so they can pay for that. And so that's how I was able to. Then I found these companies that will actually value your business and pay mm-hmm. you for your business and not just be trying to get you out of debt and hire you. Right, right. To set you back. So um, now... Because actually, it's interesting. I was talking to my property manager yesterday, and he's got just. I know we we're short on time, but he's he's got a construction side and he's got a property management side, and we were talking about kind of the future of his businesses and things like that, and and the construction side where he does actually more high end projects, you know, retail to um, actual homeowners, not as much investors. That's where he's like. He's integral to that company. His property management company, it's like, could be him or it could be someone else. It's the systems and the processes and more of a reoccurring revenue. So I was just, so 
I guess you found a way to kind of navigate um, the fact that you were so you were so integral as far as the adding value to your company. You found a way to navigate that where you could sell the business but still remain a producer uh, for well, this. Yeah, what it what it what it turned into was like <clears throat> when when you're uh, like in a dark tunnel where you're like, oh gosh, how do I get out of this thing? You know, if you decide that that's something you want to do, that you're like, okay, my path out is that I want to sell. Mm -hmm. um to get out from under some of these things i don't want to do anymore right mm -hmm. that's kind of where i was starting to lean towards and it was like okay but then the world opens up when you go talk to the right buyers and it's like oh wow this is actually like this isn't just <clears throat> this isn't just get me out of having to do things i don't want to do this is like tremendous opportunity now because mm -hmm. like the company i'm with now i mean we have unbelievable resources we have so many carriers we have so many great highly successful mm. people that i get to go call and get help with on accounts and mm -hmm. now i can go after large complex accounts and I, if i need help i can call people and get help on it and whereas mm. before you know i might have to turn away an account that falls outside mm -hmm. my so your your clients win as well outside my scope of expertise yeah. and so um and then even accounts that i do have you know like i said i write a lot of large property and apartment mm -hmm. complexes and uh, there's different perspectives inside here now that I get to hear mm -hmm. from other successful Experience. producers. Yeah. Uh, so Got I it. have uh, really been able to do a lot over here now, and it's yeah. been a, a tremendous blessing. It sounds like your clients win as well. They did, uh, yes. So can, I know you can't disclose too many specifics, but can you give us kind of a just just high-level ballpark of what that looked like at the sale um yeah so you... i'll just say this i was making pretty good money at it i mean not you know not that. i was making pretty decent money mm -hmm. just like most people in sales at a young age mm -hmm. um and <clears throat> my income got cut by 25 by 75 percent <laughs> <laughs> down to 25 percent, uh, right yeah after the sale i went back and i calculated mm -hmm. what my average annual earnings were accounting for the fact that I also, when I sell a business, I get to pay lower taxes. Mm. Um, I exceeded my earnings from before by mm -hmm. 50%. Wow. So we're talking. And like... I'm not even done yet because I'm in an earn out. <laughs> nice. So we're talking like six or six times what the the lowest was when you started your, your business kind of thing. Yes. Something like that. Yes. Um, plus plus and then some so and it's just because again i was a lot of my income was going into that loan but mm -hmm. so yeah. so then the basis of that loan was paid down when i sold right um Where, what kind of loan was that because you mentioned it several times oh it was just a uh a local banker gotcha. um who knew who you know took a chance on me got it got it okay um so yeah, and again, I we're heading towards wrapping up here. I know you you've got to run. Um, what uh, what else jumps out at you? You mentioned one or two lessons learned, but kind of looking back at particularly the adversity that you did have to overcome, you know, from a financial or even family perspective. What are one or two lessons that you took away from that experience? So, I think the biggest lesson I've learned with all of this is that you really need to try to spend some time getting to know who you are and your mm -hmm. personality and then try to offset 
lean into your strengths, but also don't forget about your weaknesses because they're going to they're going to get you. And and, and you can you can uh, modify your behavior to offset inclinations that you have, but you have to know yourself well enough to know that. And so, like one, where I'm going with that is my weakness is in planning. My strength is in um, getting enthusiastic and excited and jumping right in and going for it. And that's mm-hmm. what makes me an entrepreneur and a salesperson. Mm-hmm. But we're uh, highly, highly extroverted. <clears throat> you know, so I would say uh, kind of vice to anyone out there, I guess, unsolicited would be that if you have the type of personality where you jump right in and go before thinking about things, mm-hmm. uh, spend a little time before you do it, as painful mm-hmm. as it is, digging into the details and making plans and talking to people who have already done things. Because mm-hmm. I could have avoided some of the pain that I went through mm-hmm. if I had done that. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. And if you are the, op- but, but again, if you're the opposite of that, yeah. don't, don't take that advice. Like if you are someone who over plans and over analyzes, yeah. you need to get a little more uncomfortable with just moving forward and diving in and making, the, yeah. just doing stuff. Cause you're not going to, you're already going to have, you're already going to plan things. <laughs> That's your <laughs> yeah, personality. We, I see that in the real estate space and mortgage note space a lot. You have two, two, ends of the spectrum. You have these yeah. kind of engineer types who I, I mentored a guy who he he analyzed, like actively analyzed mortgage note deals to purchase for over 12 months, probably 100, 120 deals he analyzed, not just a 10 second analysis. I'm talking deep dive. And he hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> Nothing to show for it, right? I mean, that and then you have the other extreme where people just jump in and don't even don't even know what they're getting into. Um, but so curious that as we wrap up here, you hadn't had you when you started your business, did you have an idea? I know you didn't know exactly what it would look like, but did you have an idea that the end goal was to sell or or that really you weren't? No, I did I didn't know. I, I knew yeah. that <clears throat> I had no idea that my business would be really worth much of anything until I got it much, much larger than it was. Um, sure. But I mean, I think, you know, the reason why my business at the size it was, was worth a decent amount is because of my age. I'm in my thirties. And mm. so uh, I now understand the economics of it. I mean, a company looks at someone like mine and they go, well, yeah, I can pay you this multiple because you're in your thirties <laughs> and you're going to work for us probably <laughs> until you're 70. And so, gotcha. you know, uh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Good deal for all of us. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, real quickly, some real rap, rapid fire questions. What's a what is a book or two that you would recommend for my audience? Oh, um, oh gosh, because I wasn't ready for that, and you said <laughs> rapid fire, uh, or movie, or a podcast, or something. You, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I got to give a shout out to Wealth Without Wall Street. I think people need to be go. following their podcast. Uh, yeah. They're following yours. They should follow that one. That yeah, is uh, great information on building passive income and building your uh, legacy for your life financially. Mm-hmm. Um, a book, I would say a book that any entrepreneur, which I assume that's probably who's following yeah. this mostly, two, two books. One would be Traction. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great book about building operating systems. And I should have read that five and a half years ago before I started my business. I should have. Yeah. I could have, uh, again, uh, made it a little bit more painless. Uh, yeah. 
I need to reread that one. <laughs> is another one. So those are both operational yeah. focused. But most people who are entrepreneurs are not operationally focused by nature. Yeah. So those are. Uh, I I I when I, I read the I did read E Myth beforehand, but I didn't know how to implement it because I don't think like an ops person. Sure. Um, I now yeah. know how to do it, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, what is your so? Uh, what's your team look like today? It's just the two of you that kind of. Yeah, your I have an account manager that helps with all my commercial accounts. I do have a small book of personal lines as well. Uh, it's not my primary focus, but I do write some home and auto type business. And okay. so our we have a personal lines department here in our mobile office that uh, helps me service those accounts as well. But um, 75, 80 percent of my clients are uh, commercial accounts. So gotcha. um, anyone out there who's having problems with your insurance broker, insurance market's very hard right now. So if you're having any trouble with your business insurance, uh, yeah, just throw yeah. that out there. Anybody can look yeah. me up and reach out to me if they need help. Absolutely. Where can they where can they reach out to you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. They can also uh, call me at the office. Uh, we're yeah. uh, with Hub International in the Mobile, Alabama office. Okay. And for the listeners, it's Bry Shields, B-R-Y Shields. Um, and so what else would you like to leave our listeners with? Any other uh, takeaways from uh, from this kind of uh your story of, of from adversity think, to abundance. I think your podcast is going to do well in 2023 because I think a lot of people are anticipating that we're heading towards an economic slowdown. Mm-hmm. So I would just say the only thing I would leave everyone here with is if you face adversity in your business, if you have problems this coming year, um, you know, try to I know it's hard, but try to not associate your identity and your value as a person with your success or the outcome of your success. It is not yeah. tied to that. And that's a, so that's I just want to make sure that people keep that in mind that you can, uh, uh, and obviously your show is to inspire people. Uh, so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, that's very good advice. Uh, we had Mark Podolsky on, and that was one of the takeaways uh, that when he, he went through the the crash and really went through some hard financial times with his business and that was his big takeaway was his business and his financial success does not equal his worth. Right. Um, unless you're doing well, right? No, I'm just right. <laughs> <laughs> Um So, all right, Bri, well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I know you got to run and uh, I'd yeah. love to have you back on to, to uh, have a follow-up. And again, LinkedIn, Bri Shields or Hub International. Um, anything else you want to plug before we wrap up? Nah, this was good. This was fun. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you, Bri. And to our listeners out there, thanks for spending your most valuable resource with us. And that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? 
dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.